welcome to the USL show. I'm your host, as sometimes, uh, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, Evan Valella, and joining me, um, they're, they're not my soccer acquaintances. These are just my soccer friends this week. It's a good time. Uh, introducing first, uh, the, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee. It's Phil Grooms. What's up, man? What's up, man? I, I heard you say whiskey's great, and it is. You and It you, is. It's really good. You and it I are really rolling good. with whiskey tonight. So I'm going to maybe attempt me to be able to record this show without 2,500 voice breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, also joining us, uh, it is our secret combination of Chuck Polinick and Elliot Smith, the uh, the biggest man in the Beautiful Game Network podcast, uh, Big Kev, Kevin McCamish. Hey, how's it going? I'm right, man. Also sick, Kevin McCamish. Yep, getting over yeah. cold. So the double dose of really, really good voices for you guys to listen to on your commute tomorrow or whatever. Um, speaking of really good voices for you to listen to on your commute to work, the head of BGN written, my favorite Ohioan because he left the state, Carson Merck. RP Nipsey Hustle, but uh, yeah, I, as long as I'm your favorite Ohioan for either way, yeah, I'm there or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's favorite Twitter trash talker <laughs> slash Nestle Crunch Bar enthusiast. <laughs> it is uh, the USL Pony. Pony. Yeah, that was a interesting foray into coming semi soccer Twitter viral last night, which was yeah. scary for waking up with a hundred notifications. Yeah. Dang. Did you have a lot? If, was it a hundred? If only. Was it yeah. more? Did you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I would argue that bunch of crunch is better than a normal crunch bar. Am I? Am I oh yeah. shit! It's already started. Oh, gosh. <laughs> fight! 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 Arson, at least yeah. warm up before you throw these things out. <laughs> gosh. I mean, I didn't know if that was a hot take or not. <laughs> this is the most anyone has talked about Nestle chocolate bars in the United States in at least a decade. Yeah, at least. Anyway, so yeah, what's up? What are we doing today? Well, guys, some soccer happened. Uh, I know, I know, it's good. Um, I we'll get into a little bit of news, and then uh, as as Pony alluded to, he tweeted something, and it got a good bit of responses from uh, a lot of people, including some of our friends, both here and not here. So, um, two pieces of news. One, (laughs) it's already started. Beautiful. Uh, Charleston Battery is looking to sell off uh, everything but the team. Basically, um, the uh, it's it's the stadium, it's the front office, it's the training facility, I believe, um, and they're going to sell that to a, a real estate developer out of Atlanta. Um, battery. Apparently have talked to the Citadel, which is a university to use their stadium and they're going to potentially renovate for moving in, uh, in 2020. Um, they're going to use Stony field, which is where they started at. Um, yeah, nothing confirmed yet, but this would be strange. I had an immediate, you know, freak out about that, but sure. But, um, especially if we remember in the off season when they were quote unquote folding, Right. So it, it almost sounded like someone got part of the story, but maybe not all of it. Right, <laughs> that's just a yeah. guess. You know, that's me guessing part of the story. I have no idea. Sure. But um, sure. I, when I did that, I went to 
soccer and sweet tea to kind of ask those guys, all those, the crew of guys there that what mm. that is for them. Cause that's the right people to ask. And the Carolina conglomerate. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's, yeah. that's a good one actually. <laughs> no uh, problem. Um, and, and Petey Pablo. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Notorious, uh, soccer and sweet tea contributor, Petey Pablo. <laughs> Copyright 2014. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, is, that, yeah. is that old enough? But um, yeah. Ryan and uh, all that crew uh, kind of mentioned that, yeah, it is a little scary, but at the same time, if they're closer to downtown, they're interested to see what that does to their attendance as well. So mm-hmm. it, it could have a, a positive effect. And if the club has more money because of that or less money, that's something to watch as well. But um, it may not be all bad. We should wait and see, perhaps. I finished mid swallow. I heard it. Yeah. 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 You weren't ready. It's all right. It's fine. Um, other news. It was April fools yesterday. The Colorado switchbacks teased us all with a Paw Patrol kit and uh, pony said it was a real thing. I called them out because I know there was someone in Germany when the, um, moment of silence, Harrisburg city Islanders. Thank you. Um, did R2-D2 kits like three years ago, some dude in Germany like cleaned them up at auction. So like, you can't just say you're going to do this and then not do it. <laughs> no, it's completely true. I know people don't know Sacramento. One of their nicknames is the quails due to an old April fool's joke that the fans really liked. So that became one of the unofficial nicknames of the team at that point. And I mean, as long as, I guess, copyright stuff goes through, they need to do a limited run of these kits because people will buy them. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. I feel like, is that just one where you, there's somebody that comes up with this, like, it's going to be hilarious, and then it catches on, and then they're like, ooh, we didn't have the funds for this? Yeah. Not great? We can't I pay can. that copyright. That copyright infringement is going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's someone in marketing going, what do you mean they actually liked it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it was uh it was good. It was interesting. I think I'm too old for April Fool's jokes, by the way. Uh yeah. How do you I, mean? I think that's a thing. You just passed it? That's a thing. Yeah, like every one that was posted, I was like, oh ha 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 April Fool's yeah. classic. Yeah. I, none of them got me. Yeah. You're just slowly becoming Scrooge like all the rest of us, Carson. It's fine. Yeah, no. And I and I sat there and I was like, what happened to my whimsical, you know? <laughs> Everything was funny, April Fools. I, I was just like, yeah, not interested. Right. You got married. <laughs> oh. Wait. I mean, it's, it's a valid point. It's a valid point. <laughs> and by that, I mean you're growing up and being doing adult things. Oh, oh. You know what I mean, ha ha. I um, I was gonna say, uh, I thought Kev's meant, you know, like, oh, you got married, which was really the biggest April Fools' joke of all, was that someone said <laughs> yes to that with you. Hurtful, but probably true. I, uh, you know, um, Lou City Carson said he got fooled from the FCC owning Lou City as a D two club. Mm, That's a good one. I didn't hear that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. And uh, what was great is whoever did that posted it at twelve twenty five a.m. this morning. <laughs> so too late. Yeah, it was a little. It's a bit too late. Depends to be fair, for the rest of the United States, that would have still been no. April first. No, a but bit too late. Central Get time. Too late. Central time, right? Or is it, are they Eastern? I think they're Central oh. time, so I think that might have been okay. Oh. oh, I forget that the time zone is like. He made it just barely. Over. All right. 
Anyway, um, should we talk about the games that we all watched and then and then let Pony talk his nonsense and then rebut to it for a half hour while shaming him? <laughs> the real reason we're all here. Make fun yeah. of me. Yeah. It's like high school all over again. Oh, uh, <laughs> not in college. Yeah, get some of the games out of the way. Save the good stuff for everybody yeah. to listen to it towards the end. <clears throat> yeah, listen to us hack our way through. Let's yeah, see. yeah, yeah. Hack and crack our way through this podcast. Um, Carson, did you uh, did you see anybody in action this weekend? I imagine you would have. I did. I saw RGV played Friday, and then uh, Vegas played Saturday. So I saw both. And what are your thoughts on those? I saw uh, first. Yeah, man, go for it. You're in. All right, let's see. So Friday, uh, RGV played Sudden Powerhouse Tulsa. Yes. Lost, but uh, it was a decent match. Uh, They gave up a goal before the half, which is kind of their thing early this last season. But it's uh, they haven't won yet, so that's not ideal. Mm -hmm. Vegas was interesting Saturday. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a bench, a quote, a quote unquote bench clearing brawl uh, in Vegas. Yeah, so you had the Golden Knights kits, which were cool. Yes, you had all like the Golden Knights adjacent things, like their drum group, the uh, the dance team, right the mascot. Shout out Chance the Gila Monster, and I think it was about nine thousand fans. Maybe over I thought there. I thought Chance was a rapper. Chances and I actually have a chance the rapper had on, but hey, but the uh, yeah, no, it was, it was probably the best crowd for Vegas that I've seen in the two years. But uh, interesting match, they scored again, third goal of the season, all on set pieces. But um, yeah, the bench clearing brawl was interesting. The keeper for Real Monarchs looked like he got the ball and kind of bumped into a couple of Vegas players and then kind of escalated from there. And then that also led into halftime, so that was partially why. It was bench clearing, but security was out there and everything. And then when all the – I tweeted it out, they do a walk-off interview each match, and he was kind of like – he was fired up for sure, but he was saying, you know, Real Monarchs are diving. That's what ruins soccer. He has men on his team. They're not diving. Huh. The refs aren't doing us any favors. It was, a, it was pretty interesting. Was David Ochoa the goalkeeper, or was it someone else? I think it was Ochoa, yeah. Holy yeah, cow. Saw him. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. And then the whole atmosphere is kind of funny. I don't know if it's been discussed on here because I don't listen to your guys' podcast at all. Why but, would you? I mean, <laughs> but uh, they have – so the in-arena host for Vegas, shout out to Bojo, is like talking trash during the match. What? <laughs> yeah, on the side. So he's like – He's and one mixtape touring this? 100%. So he's oh, like that's amazing. from the touchline and he's like – Oh, ref, what are you talking about? Man, this ref's not watching the game. Like, it's uh, a. <laughs> on the mic? Can I ask yeah, you on a the clarifying mic, question real quick? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is it just Eric Winalda? It is not Eric Winalda. Oh. Yeah, it's a. Uh, like in a. <laughs> Eric Winalda in like a bad wig. Yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. Like, it's yeah. like during the match, like not at stoppages and he's. That's. Kind of uh, it's that's interesting. My favorite. It's it's Vegas. It is very uh, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Home Vegas is a thing. I mean, last year, 22 or 31 points came at home. It's like Tampa Bay, except they're 
it's like a step down from Tampa Bay. Mm. Fireworks before kickoff every match as well. I love that so That's much. Good stuff. It's so weird. It's a they, like shoot them off when the other team's taking a penalty kick next time. Oh yeah. Spook yeah, the yeah. guy. Yeah. I like it. Gotta love hate with Vegas. That's fair. <laughs> hey, Phil, since you talked, uh, <laughs> what happened in St. Louis front? St. Louis. Um, you know what? Yeah. Don't, don't pay attention to stats on this one. Fair just, enough. It was just a brawl. It was cold and windy and terrible and wet. Um, I was just proud of myself for getting through it, to be honest. But, um, you know, the, the guys on the field obviously had it much harder. I mean, some, I guess one thing of note is that in the both halves, whoever was, um, you know, on the video stream defending the right side, that, per, that team had the wind and rain going directly into their faces and eyes. Mm-hmm. So that definitely contributed to the game. Um, the cool part about it was that, you know, the ball like kind of had to stay on the ground for the most part. So it isn't in some ways it was prettier soccer. Um, but for the most part, it was just kind of who was going to brute strength out the win. And, and St. Louis got an early goal and kind of defended yeah. out. So not a lot to talk about, but um, you know, if, if you want to talk about blood and guts on the field, that's, that's that kind of game. And so, it was, it was, you know, one to kind of talk about, not one to be fun to be in or at, <laughs> per se. I'd say they stopped the late comeback from Charlotte, too. They did. that. They, they stopped that. That's been happening every game. And um, while they did get a little more dangerous, Charlotte did in, after the 70th minute, as they always do, um, so did St. Louis at the same time. So um while there were no goals scored at the end of the game um there was still plenty of action to be had several posts hit on both goals so it was it was good it was fun but gross (laughs) (laughs) evan uh since i'm kind of talking i i thought i'd throw it back to you for the bethlehem steel pittsburgh game 2-2 draw yeah man um it was uh i love it when those two teams play each other to be honest they're always pretty tight matches. Um, I, I'm happy with the point. Honestly, I think steel have just been unlucky in that they haven't been able to finish the last two games or so. Um, and then Ferris and Michi both hit really nice goals. Um, Kevin Curtis started off early, scored one Joe Greenspan got the second. Um, we did find out on, uh, uh views from the bridge. When we were recording last night, uh, the union uh, head of communications actually sent us a, an email when we were recording that um, uh, Carlos, the uh, Brazilian keeper, is on a season-long loan. So you'll see more of him, apparently, down from the first team. Uh, no, you know, good two strikes. I, I'm i a little disappointed Bethlehem out of a playoff spot, but uh Unlike San Antonio, they have a win this season, so that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. There you go. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to bring that up. No, I mean it was a, it was a fine match. It's uh, I, I'd be a little worried about Pittsburgh's defense at this point. Um, or just a little. I don't know. Uh, not as stout as we've as we've seen from them, and I don't. I'm not terribly sure why that is yet. I think, but. I I just have a guess that maybe Lily came into the season with a monkey on his back, being that he knew that if people just gave him the ball, 
he was going to have to score goals, you know, and, and I feel like yeah. he went in like compensating for that and, and not even trying to defend out. And I think this is the result. I don't know. That, I mean, that's a guess. But I know in the offseason, he was mentioning what we mentioned at the end of the year, which was exactly that. So, yeah. What if it was like a three quarters life crisis and he was just like, uh-huh. what? Forget defensive soccer. You know, I'm an offensive mm-hmm. guy. Now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Switch to that. Like a rebrand. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, my fear is just allowing two goals in the first three games of the season. That took the first time Pittsburgh allowed multiple goal games last year for the third time was their 19th match. And they allowed it in three this year. Actually, what was the stat you mentioned that uh, there have been 10 shots on, or 10 shots, six on goal, or six has gone in or something? What was that? Yeah, uh, they were, I don't have it, Omni, but they were definitely below the league average for keeper save percent. Mm-hmm. Where it's if it once they kind of, I think on average it would have had like four and a half goals against them at this point. I'm not sure if their opponents just getting great shots or the keepers are making mistakes. I haven't watched too much Pittsburgh this year. Um, I think that was at, at on least for, at least for Steel. I think both of those. Yeah, the first one I think for sure probably could have could have been saved. Yeah, it's just, I think if you're going to be a USL keeper, you need to save about two-thirds of the shots on target. Yeah. And Pittsburgh's about 50-50. You can't win games doing that. Agree. You almost want them to like try to go back to the old ways and just defend out just to see if they can improve. Yeah. I bet it would yeah. work for a while and then adjust win, win later. Zero on the 80th minute goal. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It's weird that they're doing this badly. I don't. I didn't see that happening. And there's a lot of things like that right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been chaos. Kev, can you talk about the T two match physically? <laughs> of course I can. <laughs> I'll just try to keep it. Uh, <clears throat> I'll try to keep it short. You know. Sure. Um, so you know, T two did suffer their their first loss of the season. Um, set pieces were the uh, mm. death of them in this mm. game. Despite the fact that they definitely need to improve on their set piece defending, they, they actually looked pretty good. Um, the star of the show for this one, if you decide to go back and watch it, you're going to want to look for uh, Gio Calixtro. Uh, Calixtro, I believe. And uh, you're gonna he's a Academy product. Um, he's played a little bit with T2 last season. And I was like, yeah, okay, I guess... Is he's okay? He might have some. He might have some talent, or you know, obviously yeah. he has to develop. Um, but at 18 years old now, <clears throat> I think he did some growing over the winter. Um, he looked like a completely different player than what I've seen in the past. And uh, <clears throat> uh, definitely, if he can keep this uh, this this growth going, um, it's it's going to be good to see. I I, I kind of wonder if T2 could have won if Langsdorf or Loria were in the 18 or starting. Um, I don't know why they weren't. When I saw that they weren't, I assumed, hey, first team's garbage. Maybe uh, maybe they're going to move some some players that are actually doing well for T2 up to the first team, and uh, that didn't happen. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, but, you know, you've got Eric Williamson, a uh, young U.S. men's player, um, yeah. U.S. men's youth player, I believe, uh, doing getting both assists on Kalikstro's goals. Um I like T2 this season just in that there's a lot of young kids performing quite well. Um, the the Portland 
the Timbers too. They're playing their they're playing their kids and getting some decent results. And this is at four games in the first disappointing result. I think that's pretty good. It is. They're looking really good. It would it would definitely behoove the first team to actually bother to play their kids. <laughs> yeah. I have a sticker that says that. Right, hey, there you go. No. Um Pony, I guess we'll throw it to you for excellent. Um hey, your hey, thoughts hey, on hey. the Sacramento Republic game that happened, which by the way, completely incident free. Um and I know you have a really unrelated rant that you want to talk about, so then I'll just let you do that from there. Well, I'll talk about I don't think anyone cares about the game at this point, but it was a, I mean, it was a decent game where this was a good Tacoma side they put out and Sacramento lost two one, but they probably should have at least got a point out of it. They had the same problem they had last year where finishing just doesn't happen as much as it should. They easily could have had two goals, even if you remove the penalty kick they had late to get one goal back. But both teams look good. Even in a loss, I still think Sacramento is one of, if not arguably the best team out West right now. They have so much more chemistry than most of the teams I've seen them play. This was just a matter of a Tacoma side that had a lot of individual talent versus a Sacramento side that has that while they are talented, it's not that level, but plays so well together overall. It'll be good to see him moving on, but do you just want to go right into this now, or do is there anything else you want to talk well, about? Well, we... uh, Pony, I didn't tell you what I did earlier. Oh, we... um, friend of the show and friend of the BGNFM, Brandon Miller, responded yeah, to your tweet. That. You might have saw that after your 100 responses. I know. I scrap. It's, um, it's scary to wake up in the morning and see a yeah, Twitter alert. Yeah, you think yeah. Something horrible happened. And um, and being that uh, yours truly has talked to Brandon Miller uh, for this podcast, in fact, uh, before um, I, I slid into his DMs, and I was in fact going to try to get him to come on the night to talk to you about why you're wrong, um, but he couldn't swing it. So when he was in puppy training class this evening, uh, he gave me a list of reasons that you're wrong. Oh joy. <laughs> And uh, I maybe a combination of myself and Phil due to my voice. Uh, starting with one, and I think this was his tweet to you basically 41 MLS minutes among the 10 players loan doesn't constitute contributors in MLS. Do I'm not I trying to take those? away anything from any of their careers because Torres and Bruin, especially, have had great careers, but as it stands, they aren't contributing to the MLS squad. Do I just find line by liner to wait for you to lay them all out first? Uh, no, I have. Uh, there's five points. He's got a five, five points, point here. So I'll, oh, I'll give you sorry. one, and then you can you can attack it, and then we'll just kind of trade off. Okay. Well, I think the argument against that they're not contributing to the first team is go back and look at the bench when they played Chicago two weeks ago, I think, and basically the entire Seattle bench got loaned down for this game. It was, it's not people who pop in and out of the 18 all that often. It's, I mean, they're people who you expect to see on the bench and come into a game late or situationally. But it, I think to say they're completely irrelevant isn't the same thing. There's a difference between someone who will every once in a while show up on the 18, but usually shows up on the USL side or doesn't even make either squad because they're there as a reserve just in case something happens and sending down players who 
especially on a team as good as Seattle, are probably still MLS quality. If you gave those six players to other teams that are struggling, like San Jose or Atlanta, see, I could even make fun of that team. (laughs) I think they could find their way into the starting 11. It's just that Seattle is one of the best teams in the MLS right now, so their bench is going to be a lot better than most other MLS benches. True. And like I said, I think most of those players who got loaned down are MLS quality starting in the on the right team. Yeah. The, the, other, the, other thing, the other thing I want to point out, if he if the those 41 minutes combined only constitutes the 2019 season, yeah. we are literally this is the first month of the season. And I would find that argument invalid. You would actually want to go through the career MLS minute stats. And that would be more realistic, well, or even just eighteen, maybe, unless maybe. they were injured. Like guys could be working back from from injury, and that works too. But I'm just saying, four to one minutes, yes. But the caveat is, if that's the only 2019 minutes, we are only like four weeks into the season. <clears throat> yeah. Also, as saying, I know, like one of the players loaned down, Panama's World Cup captain for the last World Cup. Right. Can't tell me that's USL level talent. Mm. Well, well, and. Uh, a hey, quick Google. Phil, looking at your boy, Will Bruin, St. Louis name. St. Louis, thank you. <laughs> Total minutes in MLS, 16,461. If we're doing last year, uh, 29 games played, 19 starts, 7 goals in 1793 minutes, um, which is his... That's under 29. That's yeah. under 29. Um uh, the lower end of, of appearances for him since he's joined the league in 2011. But I mean, that's a guy with a lot of experience, clearly. It, it's bad MLS talent or like below average MLS Fair. talent. It's, yeah. it's if you started the players who got loaned. Oh, we might have lost Pony. That's all right. He'll be back. He will. Um, I will say, I think uh, Brandon, one of his other points would be that from a competitive standpoint, yeah. he says he'd want to play Torres and Bruin a whole lot more than he'd like to play the academy players. And so he yeah. thinks, it, it, on the other hand, it raises the level and attracts more fans and challenges us more and challenges them in the USL more rather. So that's another thing is that while he's saying they're not super high talent, they are experienced, as you guys were saying. Um, I think we saw yeah. New who had some hell of a moves yeah. that challenged some people. And so he's saying that he would like to play those people more. And it raises sure. the level of USL in general. By, well, by doing I mean, I, I think all of us, you know, Carson, Kev, you, myself, we've all seen that in, in different stages. Guys get up a little more when it's a bigger name and not some, like... And I, I think especially for Kev and, and myself, uh, myself at least recently in the last year or two, for MLS two sides that are basically U19 teams, just with more international kids, yeah, I think it's a lot harder for other guys that have been in USL for four or five years to get up for, you know, what are essentially like generation Adidas Cup games. Well, and... The other point, again, I'm kind of playing both sides just to kind of like provide both sides with a little bit more contact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So going to the point of um, the supporting that the fact loans happen all the time. If you're an independent side and you're traveling to <clears throat> the home stadium or home city, wherever, you know, wherever the MLS two side is going to play. And 
their first team doesn't have a game coming up in, in the next week or so, you've got to just expect you're going to be running across like half of the, half of the team or more is going to be first team players loaned down. Uh, as I think almost all the teams do that. I know Portland does it literally all the time when it's a home game and they don't have any other games that are going to be sandwiched on either side. And they just want to get a lot of their people, just some minutes just to work out, like go out there, get some minutes, get some, get some, repetitions show us what you can do you know maybe we can pull you off the bench sooner if you do well you know whatever whatever their plan is um the loans they do happen all the time so as an independent side you gotta expect that too the other side of it you need you know like hey you're going to their home stadium their other team's not playing that much right now right, you right. should expect that they're going to drop some people down now yeah. m- maybe you wouldn't expect a rom- uh, romain Torres to come down or or even a will bruin but you know, you gotta expect some loans. Yeah, you do, and and a lot of people want to limit those loans. And I agree. This is, I think, what I think Brandon's best point is: is we want to limit loans. Well, how do you limit it? He says right. we can't measure the impact of MLS players on USL teams because it varies drastically. He compares Griffin Yao on loan to Bruin on loan. The totally different situations. You can't even compare why those guys are being moved down. Okay, that's one thing, but then. So if you want to put a rule across the entire USL league, well, that's going to apply to both those guys in the same exact right. category. That kind of ruins the whole, like a rule goes too far in a way if we start putting random rules on the entire league. Well, oh, there it was. Um, that, and it's like, if you were to go to MLS teams or if, you know, because I mean, I'm sure you, this is this would be like a US soccer rule. Like it wouldn't be USL making a rule for MLS. Um, but if you went, all right, um, you have to give us a list of, uh, we'll call it 10 just to be nice. Well, give us a list of, of, uh, six professional players that are on your first team roster right now that, um, are not rehab based that you can move back and forth whenever you want. Well, they're not going to move. David Akam or, you know, Will Bruin or Carlos Vela, you know, like it's, it's going to be a bunch of the, the homegrown kids or the, the U19s, you know what I mean? Like it would be a weird, if you're going to make it a, you have to give us a list of MLS guys. It's not going to be big names unless they're injured and come back on, on injury appearances to get rehab minutes. And then you can't say, all right, it's got to be 10 people in your organization because then it's going to be the U16, U17, U18 kids. Here, here's my thing. Would that not allow, so hypothetically we go with that list idea. Yeah. So we'll say David Akam. So David Akam is not on that list and he's right. not technically injured, but uh, he rehabbed a, a tweak in practice so in training. So we had him go down and play. You I, up to technicality or so I guess I shouldn't use the calm because I feel like if it's a DP level guy, there's no way you're letting him touch USL, right? Sure. There's just too many things that aren't in your I'm, control. Unless your team buys a DP and with MLS funny money. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Same. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But well, and I mean, I think like all of all at what, what Kev just said, even like everything, like there's loopholes everywhere. Oh yeah, especially in MLS rules and things like that. It's like, you know, oh, um, hell, even in USL, Hartford Athletic has eight international players. Well, they bought one from Sacramento. 
There you go. I just feel like to me, it's it's hard to to dictate. Okay, he's actually injured and right, 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 injured, and obviously the designated player level. Even yeah. if we a step below that, because people are mad. I don't think Roman Torres is designated player anymore. Mm, I don't believe. I'm sure Will Bruins not. Right. Even if you go to that decent MLS player level. Right. I, I just don't see how if that was the the rule they tried to set that you could say, oh no no he's not injured. And you'd be like, how do you know he's not injured? Uh, right. I don't, it's a slippery slope for me. Mm-hmm. I think Pony's back. You want to put in a couple more thoughts, Pony? I don't know if we're worried about repeating, but. Yeah, I don't know what we're on exactly. It's the problem. Say, say whatever you want. Yeah. Like just, I, yeah. Okay. Uh, Comcast is basically worthless because <laughs> the browser decides to reset at six in the afternoon for some reason. I thought you said Concacaf. To be honest, I did too for a second. Well, both. <laughs> both. I was like, both. Jesus, that's a hot take. I mean, the Concacaf Comcast Gold Cup is just—it's a Nations Cup now, man. Oh, sorry. We don't care about that Gold Cup. Exactly. Well, I have a thought, and and this is the only thing I I was uncare. I hope uncharacteristically throwing out hot takes today because I was kind of arguing with Brandon Miller. You cursed more than normal. That's how I know that you're angry on Twitter. Oh, did I cuss? I don't even remember. Yeah, dude, you said bullshit like three times. (laughs) Oh, I did. You're right. You're right. This that bullshit. I'm gonna Um, keep those receipts to show them to your family, and they're gonna disown you or something. Nah, my kids can. Hey, next time your dad yells at you about swearing (laughs) on April second, 2019, I allow cussing in my house. It's all right. Um, Hell yeah. Um, (laughs) All right. Here, the biggest thing to me is that championship USL championship is trying to become a more legitimate league, and they're touting that on top of that, right? So, if, if that's the goal. I mean, try to parallel. I'm sorry, I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. Try to try to pr- parallel Man City sending down someone to like Rottingham or anyone at sure. Twitch Town on the toward the bottom of the table right now. Okay, they send six players that are bench players, um, like Phil Foden. What what if he's loaned down to Ipswich Town just for one uh-huh. freaking game? Uh-huh. Did I get that? I mean, uh, sure. Let's say that happens and they play someone near them on the table and they get out of the relegation zone just because of one stinking game. It throws it throws the standings into chaos. And and I did say that when I threw this on Twitter, I said, okay, pro-rel, lack of pro-rel, maybe it's not as dangerous in our league. But if you want to be taken seriously as a league, you can't allow your championship level, your highest league, to just be taking as many players for one mm-hmm. game as they choose when they choose. Because... Only Sacramento had to play this version of that team. And sure. I don't think they're going to do this again. I truly don't. I think this is the one time they're going to do this with six players being loaned down of this quality. And nope. um, it, it's just not fair on a large basis. Let's say Sac misses the 10 spot or they get the 10 spot and they have to do a playing game instead of playing um, in the next round. It, a lot of implications can be had here and it's not a professional looking league if this is happening on a regular basis and so i would just argue that okay throw these guys down to league one they do this as much as they want that's why league one is there okay and it's a testing ground for the real league which is championship to me that's the goal we're, we're working toward here my my two counterpoints to that would be in the example of man city and we'll say ipswich town ipswich town isn't created only to develop Manchester City's mm. players. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh that's Hirona in Spain. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. well, exactly. But they wouldn't allow that is what I'm kind of saying, you know, like EFL but, wouldn't do that. But they would. So if uh, I'll say Newcastle, since I cover Newcastle, NewcastleTunes.com. Um, so if you do Newcastle and then you have players that want that aren't playing, they could go to the U23s and yeah. carry, you know, Sunderland's U23 team. There's no rules for that. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess with that, but then also, like I mentioned in my article with the, you know, setup of, oh, we want to be a legitimate league. I get that now, but you created this league and created mm-hmm. this affiliation with MLS. Nobody yeah. forced you to do that. You chose to do that. So that's fair. you can't benefit from that for five years and then now be like, wait a second, we don't like that at all. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I agree with the trend. They should start going down to League One if this is going to be a consistent thing. But sure. I don't know. To me, it happens. See, I mean, to me, I don't mind loaning down players, but I do mind when it's for like a game. And then you have one team who gets unlucky and plays a hard team because they just happened to play him on the week that that team went on by on MLS. So they said, okay, all our bench and low level starters go play this next league down team. While it's not going to hurt Sacramento much in the long run. If this happens to an Austin, a Vegas, someone like that, this could be the reason they miss playoffs as opposed to someone who's like, they think Sacramento might lose a seed. This could be the reason someone can miss playoffs. And that's where it kind of sucks because to me, if you want to loan someone down for three months, loan someone down for three months, you want to loan it up for the season, go do that. When it's for a game, it adds so much more variance to a league for this USL. And I don't think we need this level of variance because it's just going to be hit and miss of which teams suffer and which teams have quality. Yeah, it happens to a lot of the teams. It's not only happened to Sacramento. I think I see it more because just happened to them. But it's just one of those, to me, it's the problem of it becomes luck as opposed to it becomes skill. So if, if Sacramento had won, how big of an issue is this? I think as a whole, it's still definitely still the same issue. I don't think I would have been as upset about it because they won. But it's still indicative of a bigger problem that, at times rears its head and at times it goes unnoticed because it either happened to a team with a small fan base who's not going to raise a stink or maybe even didn't know about it or because you got a point from it. If they got a point, I still have been upset. And that's part of the reason I was upset was, I mean, they lost a game that I think they played better as a whole. But I I think as a whole, that's just to me is the one game loans is what gets me. To me, if you're going to send a player down, they go down for a period of time, not for a day. Yeah, I just think you have so much fluidity with the rosters as far as going back and forth. And I mentioned, like you said, you know, you following Sacramento the closest. The two examples I have were both with the Toros. One, in 2016, six players, I think it was, went down to Swope Park and RGV beat them 2 nothing, And the players welcomed that. It, they won the match. It didn't matter. And then even this week, you had... They were more fringe players as far as Dynamo players, but you also had Juan David Cabezas, who was arguably the MVP of the Dynamo a few years ago. He was on a rehab stint and played 45 minutes, and they lost. So, I mean, to me, it's just, it sucks if you're the team that this happens to, but, you know, win the game. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's results-oriented. Um, yeah, I would agree. Well, and, like, well, to your point about to your point about rehab stints, like you know, Marisa do did a couple of those. Yeah, it's happened a lot. 
all of like AJ De La Garza did like five last right. Time. And like those are both dudes. Like Mo was the captain of the men's national team. I AJ De La Garza is an MLS Cup champion. Multiple. Right. Well, like so. But but he, here here's the thing. So yeah. and, and this is and I want to just from 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 a side where you know I I, I cover a, or covered a two side. So when these one game loans happen, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, it happens, it happens every season. And if you're an independent side going to an MLS two sides home stadium and the other, the first team is not playing, you got to expect this sort of thing. But, um, you know, it's, it's the players that get season long loans and they're being developed. They're the, the bench players that play multiple games. You know, there's no problem there. There's going to be players that need, the rehab stints like we're talking about, and they're going to be for a game, maybe two games tops. And what that does in my experience, I mean, the Timbers might just, they might not be that good, but when it's happened and we've had these T 1.5 hybrids play, Mm -hmm. it disrupts whatever little chemistry was being developed with two players. And then they don't play as well. This is a situation where, you know, you, you could see that the chemistry was not there with Tacoma, but the individual talent was, so much more than the USL level that it, it made up for that and some, and they're playing against a really, really good Sacramento side. Um, so that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, as far as supporting opponent, that's kind of the thing where it's the one game loans. Yes. You got to expect them. Yes. You got to just still win. But those are the things that can kind of affect some of this stuff when it's just the players that are, are just of that upper tier quality that are coming down for the game to get minutes. I mean, they're on the bench. They need minutes. They need repetition. They need to stay on, 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 you know, stay fit in case they are needed for the first team for backup. But you know, that's these sort of things, little things that, that hurt. And most of the time, I think it affects the team chemistry and the, and the, and the, te- the, the, the two side doesn't play as well, or they might play as well as they would normally. Um, but then there's these really, I think, really rare situations like this one where it actually benefits them. I just think we need to kind of, I, I think we've all kind of figured out that this is like good at times, this is bad at times, it's unavoidable at this stage of our development in U.S. soccer. And I almost just want to like point it out, like just let's like, I almost want to hashtag MLS loan monster every time this happens so everyone can just be like, instead of just getting pissed about it and throwing a bunch of hot takes on Twitter like I did, um, let's just like label it what it is. And if they stop, if they want to stop having that label, then they'll change it. Or if they don't mind the label, let's, let's just keep it. But it's, I mean, th- th- this isn't the only game that's even happened this year. That's another thing Brandon brought up. That Swope Park game last week with Kellen Rowe. The goal he scored was stupid. It's not something that happens in USL very often. So um, it's going to keep happening, and I think we've mentioned that. But um, I don't know. I just feel like we should just, like, call it what it is and move on with our lives. Um, every year we talk about this, right? I, I think going back to, to Kev's point, I think the chemistry was a good shout. Um, I actually think on both sides of that, so with RGV this season, they've had – primarily more defensive players loaned down, kind of like you said, those 1.5 guys. And I think it has messed with the chemistry on the back line. I think they've given up some goals because of it. But then I look at last year, Tyler Derrick is playing for RGV from match to match. And Nico Cordy, who was a rookie goalkeeper for the Toros, was like his help and his, you know, experience yeah. and knowledge was couldn't have been more valuable to him. So I think you see both sides of that. But 
yeah, I think it's going to happen. I throwing fits about it every time I think is, is going to just get old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I even tweeted during the game that like at the end of the first half that the individual talent on Tacoma was so much better than Sacramento's, but Sacramento has so much more chemistry. Yeah, that's I mean, true. It was, it was obvious watching the game, which team had the chemistry and which team had the individual talent. Which makes for an interesting matchup. Yeah, it does. And like I said, I think of this game played out a hundred times. It basically split even for wins, draws, and losses for each team. And there are good sides of this, just like Brandon Miller was saying how he would love to play against those guys. I thought it was interesting the goal that Will Bruin scored was at a funny angle, similar to the Kellen Rowe one, but at a slower yeah. speed. And it was one where I was like, dude, Cohen should have saved that, unless yeah, it was deflected crazy. and that I missed the, it. That was a frustration. Yeah. I think Sacramento probably should have won this instance, or at least yeah. got a point. Yeah. Yeah, Sacramento weren't as good as we're used to them being, and I think part of the reason why people were upset about this, or I, I don't know, um, is because, like, for however many years they've been in USL, everyone's always been used to former Seattle, now Tacoma, being, like, a really easy day in the office. Except for that first season they had, which they're actually not bad in. Fair. That was a different. Uh, that was a totally yeah. different situation, though. Yeah, different yeah. And, team. And to to Evan's point on that, is that kind of what Brandon was saying, where the yeah. you know, the tide rises all boats. So to me, it's a you know, it's something where okay, should there be an easy day at the office? You know, should Tacoma just be an automatic win? Or yeah, who? right, right. Well, the thing is, too, is I from what I looked for, I didn't see any complaints from anyone associated with Sacramento. So. No, never. And their and Twitter I know good, their Twitter had a good dig. If you missed it. Oh, okay, okay. But I mean, the coach didn't come out and be like, "Why'd they do this? This is bad for the league." He didn't do that. He probably expected his guys to rise to the occasion and win. I know Poulos did when this has happened to them in St. Louis. It's they they don't view that as any different. A lot of USL players. I'm sure this is what Brandon's thinking. He's thinking. I'm good enough to take these guys on. I don't see what the big deal is. And a lot of them feel that way, and, and it's probably true to a certain extent in, in a lot of cases. So, um, you know, I don't. this may not be a problem to players as much it is, as it is to fans. I'm sure of that, actually. Yeah. I think one other thing that kind of goes at least a little bit underrated to me, which is kind of falls into a overall multi-season arcing rant of mine, is that Tacoma played Friday night. And then they played again Monday and they had one. No. I think he was going to say one mic, the Nas song. <laughs> they had one opportunity and they fell for it. They let it slip. <laughs> well, should we wrap up this conversation? I think we beat it to death, yeah. but it was fun. Yeah, I think, I think we're good. I enjoyed it. I really did. It was good. And honestly, I think we're going to Every year, right? It's gonna keep, <laughs> gonna keep every talking year, about it. Every other week, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, a final thought on the week, but uh, shout out to uh, my friend Santiago Moore uh, had an assist um, in the two-one win that New Mexico United had on the Cavan Freighter goal. He's playing out of his mind. Uh, I'm going to go try to sit down with them at some point. Please do. Um, and chat. actually, what is... Oh, I'm blanking on the Cursed podcast, right? Cursed, Cursed cast. cast. Yeah. Those Cursed guys cast. had an interview with him. They do. And they did a great is, job. I, I got jealous. Yeah. And 
I want to I want to steal them now. <laughs> but they did a great job. So go listen to those guys. They yeah. have a they have a nice smooth flow. Uh, they're doing a great job. Only two Basically, episodes in. Uh, everything that you're like, man, the USL show should really know better by now. <laughs> you know, it's them. It's them in a nutshell. That's right. Uh, any other thoughts from you, fine gentlemen? No, I think that's a bit of a wrap. Great. Carson, thanks for joining us, man. And, yeah, and, thanks, buddy. And you didn't get to even touch on anywhere near what you wrote about in your article. You should definitely... Well, that people should read it. Exactly. Yeah. USLnews.com. Holla at your boy. <laughs> what I will say is you can listen to this podcast while you're driving. Uh, don't don't read that article while you're driving. Wait till you get to work and pull it up on your work computer. If you have one of those. Fire. Yeah. Then you have more time to read that. It's fine. Yeah, it's so. true. Always looking for more contributors. So yeah, that's right. There you see. There you go. Anyway, yeah. uh, for Kevin yeah, Cameron, for, for the lovely Phil Phil Grooms, for uh, for Pony who got shot into the sun apparently <laughs> uh, by uh, by NBC Universal Comcast. It's fine. It happens. Uh, I've been your host, Emilella. Um Till next time, don't be a dick. Mm-hmm.